0: And it is Take A Break magazine right now, and I am joined kindly by Donna Smiley, feature writer from Take A Break magazine. How you doing, Donna?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm very well, enjoying this warm sunshine and (laughs) and the summer. So yeah, looking forward to a really good summer. I hope you are too.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's freezing down here. Oh, like, you're not oh having any
0: God. luck in London. You'll have to come up to Scotland. You'll Is have it warm to... there today? Oh, it's lovely. Absolutely it really? lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't oh, lie God. to you. Honestly, no, <laughs> it's really, really nice. But you've got the latest edition of Take a Break magazine in your hands and you're I kindly sure going to make a couple of stories accessible for us today. And we're beginning with The Cat That Wrecked My Wedding.
1: Yes, yeah, so this one's by a lady called Nicola. Nicholas flicked through the glossy brochure and oudinard at the images. In one, a woman in a white gown was posing on a beach beneath a palm tree, while another showed a barefoot couple gazing into a glowing sunset. She put down the brochure and said to her fiance, Carl, This is it. This is our wedding right here. She'd met Carl at a do. At the time she'd forgotten she wasn't wearing sunglasses, and he'd caught her checking him out. Luckily he'd asked her out, and six months later, on a mini break to Berlin, he'd dropped to one knee. I want to spend the rest of my life with you, Nicola, he said. Will you marry me? Yes, Nicola had said. He slipped a hair bubble onto her finger as a temporary ring and when they returned, to plan the big event. They both loved travelling and once Nicola got her hands on some holiday brochures, there was no stopping them. They opted to wed on a beach in Jamaica. Nicola booked the venue and the flights. As they weren't inviting many guests, they decided to push the brochure out and Nicola added a few extras for good measure, including a candlelit meal and a steel band. It's going to be perfect, Nicola said to Carl. With the wedding sorted, they went on holiday to Abu Dhabi. One afternoon, they were strolling along the beach when something in the distance caught Nicola's eye. Is that a cat, she said. Cats were Nicola's favourite animals. At home, they had five, and in Abu Dhabi, they were pampered. Fat felines lying in the sun everywhere you looked. But this one was different. As they edged closer, Nicola gasped. It was a little ginger and white kitten, but far from being well cared for, it was covered in bites and cuts, and its feet were blistered. The poor thing, Nicola said to him. We'll have to help him. They rushed to the nearest supermarket and brought some food. Nicola put it in her palm and held it out, but the cat didn't move. Get him some water, she told Carl. He filled an empty container with the water and set it on the ground. The cat inched closer and drank it quickly before gobbling down the food. Nicola stroked his head and said, We need to take care of this one. OK, Carl replied. He fixed her with a warning look and added, But don't get too attached. All that day, the little cat was never far from Nicola's mind. The next morning she said, can we just check on him? Carl laughed, go on then, he said. They found the cat sitting in the same place as before. Hello, gorgeous boy, she said. The cat got up and began to walk unsteadily towards them. Nicola gave him some water and food and the following day did the same thing. It became their daily routine. Carl was concerned about the kitten, but he continued to say, don't get touched, Nicola. On their final evening, they visited their new pal one last time. They arrived at the usual spot, but Nicola saw something that made her heart lurch. The cat's paw was swollen with a big abscess and he looked as though he'd been attacked. Oh, Carl, she said, we can't leave him like this. Nicola, he said, remember what I said, but it was too late for that. As Nicola fed and straight the cats, Carl called some local animal charities but no one would take him. So he tracked down a British vet placed in Abu Dhabi and he agreed to treat the kitten. They took the cat to the vets and waited as he carried out various tests. Eventually he called them in. He said, he's very ill but he can be treated. What's next? Carl asked. ''He'll need lots of treatments,'' the vet replied. ''And if you want to take him back to the UK, it's going to cost around £500.'' Nicola looked at Carl. ''We have to,'' she said. ''Well,'' he said. ''I suppose we could afford it if we scaled back the wedding bit.'' Quick as a flash, Nicola said. ''I'll cancel the photographer and the band.'' ''Are you sure about this?'' Carl asked. ''Whatever it takes,'' she replied. They decided to name their clout cheek. She gave him a cuddle and then they rushed off to catch their plane. Back at home in Bradford, they got the paperwork to fly cheek home.'' and in the meantime they paid for him to be treated in Abu Dhabi. Weeks passed and each step cost a little more money, so they transferred their savings bit by bit. When Sheik was well enough, he left the vet surgery and was looked after by a foster carer who sent them pictures of his progress. Nicola was delighted to see that he was getting stronger with every week, but as time went by, a problem arose. The cost of caring for Sheik and flying him to UK had mounted from the original quote of £500 pounds and had turned into 1500 We don't have that kind of money, Carl said. It's tied up in the wedding. Nicola thought about what was more important to her. She pictured the golden sands and palm trees of Jamaica and felt herself slipping on her wedding dress and padding across the beach. In Nicola's mind, she saw her and Carl exchanging the vows and gazing into the sunset. Then she imagined Sheik's little ginger face and she made a decision. About the wedding, she said, we should cancel it. Carl stared at her. She knew what he was thinking. His wedding had just been cancelled by a cat. His mouth started to open as though he was going to say something, but she beat him to it. We can get married any time, Nicholas said. It's not every day that you're lucky enough to meet a cat like Shake. He shook his head. Please, Nicholas said. Carl rolled his eyes and Hicks' expression softened. All right then, he said. That night they cancelled their wedding venue, the flights and the extras, but there was one thing she couldn't part with, her dress. I'll hang on to this for when I can finally be a bride, she said. Several weeks later they travelled to the airport to collect a very special arrival. She excised lit up when he saw them there, and he lay on her lap the whole way, her way home. Now he set it on brilliantly and is such a lovely little thing. Nicola knows many people will think she's mad, cancelling her wedding for a stray cat, but she has no regrets. To her, saving a life is more important than the ceremony. Now Carl and her have booked a second wedding and are due to get married this summer on a beach in Fiji. Nicola will get to wear her gown and he'll don a grass for the big day. As long as I don't need to rescue anymore, more
0: getting gets into stress, that is. Oh wow! What a brilliant <laughs> I know. story! She's such a big-hearted lady, I just know. so compassionate. Because it's every girl's dream to be getting married yeah. and to plan yeah. their special day, and she must have been absolutely fixated on that. And the to cat give
1: is cute. <laughs> oh yeah! It
0: must. It must be. It must be. But yeah, to to put that aside, and what an understanding spouse as well. I you know. know. I think that they will obviously have been destined to each other, because quite yeah. often people say that have a pet first before having children mm-hmm. is a good way of sort of gauging exactly. and and if they can <laughs> if they can get through that together then they can get through anything together what a really lovely story that was exactly. Donna. thank you so much for that but we've got one more story from take a break magazine we've got a bit of a sad story for this one because not everything goes according to plan and this one is called what happened to baby jacob
1: Yeah, so this is by a lady called Mandy Brown, and all names have actually been changed in this story for legal reasons. Mandy was walking down the aisle of the toy shop, and her three-year-old daughter Ella's eyes lit up. It had been her idea to come, and now she was choosing what she wanted. She picked up a red lorry and said, I think he will like this. It was a present for her one-year-old brother, Jack. She loved looking after him and was always striking him and fetching his dummy. Don't you want anything, Mandy asked. No, thank you, she said. It was typical of Ella. She was sweet and selfless. As Ella grew, she was great with her younger cousins too. Mandy often thought she'd make a brilliant mum one day. But when Ella turned 13, it was as if someone had flicked a switch. She spent all her time in her bedroom, her confidence disappeared and she went from being curvy to looking gaunt. Her husband Dave said, she's just a typical teenager. But one day Mandy was handing her a plate of food when her sleeve rode up, her wrist had cuts all over it. She asked, have you been hurting yourself, Ella? Everyone does it, Ella said. Mandy tried to talk to her but she refused to open up. Then Ella started going missing for days at a time and Mandy found a stash of razor blades and paracetamol in her room. One evening, she found her cutting her wrist in front of a webcam. Mandy called the police and took her to see their GP. Ella was labelled a vulnerable young adult with mental health problems and she was referred to the mental health services. Mandy had to lock up sharp objects and keep medicine in a safe place, but it wasn't enough. She ordered razors online and even broke pencil sharpness to get the blade. For, for four years, Ella was visited by a psychiatric nurse. Then finally, there was a glimmer of hope. When Ella was 17, she enrolled on a college course in gardening. Every day she came home and raved about it. She helped her mum with the weeding and they planned to set up a gardening business together. Mandy hadn't seen her as enthusiastic in years. Then she met a man named Jeff who seemed to complete her happiness. One night in bed, she told her husband, I think we might be finally out of the woods. Then Ella fell pregnant. She was thrilled and because we all knew how good she was with children, the whole family started to get excited. As she was already known to social services, the baby was put on an at-risk register. A plan was put in place and Mandy agreed to stay with Ella and Jeff for two weeks after the birth. Ella was given her own flat and she decorated it with pots of roses and daffodils. Finally, she gave birth to a son, Jacob. When Mandy went in to see her in hospital, she said, isn't he beautiful? Mandy nodded and said, he has your eyes. Back home, Ella coped so well that... Mandy felt like she wasn't needed. After she left, even social services suggested reducing their intervention plan. One day, Mandy was due to go into hospital for minor surgery, so Ella and Jeff brought ba- J- baby Jacob to see her. She spent hours playing with him and taking photos on the phone. Then Mandy went into hospital. That night, as she lay in the hospital bed, her phone rang. It was Ella, and she was hysterical. The babies coughed up blood, she said. Mandy heard Jacob screaming loudly in the background. Call an ambulance, she said. She hung up and ten minutes later she called to tell her they'd gone to hospital and Jacob was having tests. The next day, when Maddie was discharged, she strode straight there. A nurse led him into a large office. Inside, Ella was at, sitting at the end of a long table filled with people. She was sobbing. Mum, she said, they're going to take the baby. Maddie's heart began to pound. Calm down, she said. Tell me what's happening. The other people around the table introduced themselves as doctors and social workers. One said... Jacob has some unexplained bruises. Your daughter and her boyfriend can't tell us what caused them. I told you, Ella said. He was sleeping in the spare room with Jeff and I heard him crying. When I got there, his blanket had blood on it. Jeff backed up Ella's story, saying that he'd been asleep when Ella had shaken him awake and shown him the blanket. The social worker asked her, will you care for Jacob now? Of course, I said. As I carried on talking, I went to see Jacob. He had bruises all over his body and one in the middle of his forehead. A wave of nausea swept over Mandy. She stroked his head and whispered, I won't let anybody hurt you again. Then she took Jacob home. Ella came along too, but she wasn't allowed to leave her alone with him. Mandy fed and washed him while Ella played on her phone. Tell me what happened, she kept saying to Ella, but Ella stuck to the same story. Mandy tried to keep an open mind, but she was worried. She knew how highly strong Ella could be, and deep down she knew that either one of them could have hurt Jacob. Two weeks later, she took Jacob back to hospital for more tests. Social services arranged to come round to discuss the results. Mandy looked out of the window and saw them coming down the drive with an empty child's car seat, and her heart sank. She let them in and her so- social worker sat them down, she said. Jacob has three broken ribs. Mandy felt as though her heart would break. She couldn't look at her. What happens now, Mandy said. You can't have Jacob any anymore, she said. He's been with you for the past two weeks. Two so in the pool of perpetrators. She stared at her. Then the became a blur as she led her upstairs to Jacob's court. The next thing she knew, she was at the living room window watching them carry her grandson up the path away from them. Ella started crying and then her legs went from under her. For two weeks, Mandy struggled to hold it together. They put all Jacob's baby stuff in the attic. She felt like he had died. She asked Ella over and over what happened, but she just said, I don't know. She couldn't get through to her. The police contacted them and they were all interviewed separately. Ella said that the bruises must have happened when Jeff was looking after Jacob the night before she saw him. But that didn't add up. Mandy showed the police a photo she'd taken of Jacob and he didn't have any bruises on him. After that, Ella and Jeff broke up and we found out the case would go before the family court because there wasn't enough evidence to go ahead with a criminal prosecution. Meanwhile, they all visited Jacob together at contact centres. Mandy held him while Ella and Jeff sat in the corner giggling. They didn't seem to care that they might not get their son back. Eventually, after Jacob had been in foster care for seven months, the final hearing arrived. The judge judge made Dave and her her, Jacob legal guardians. Mandy had a full-time job and they'd talked about moving to Australia, but now none of that seemed to matter. Now Jacob is three, Ella was supposed to see him every week, but she didn't turn up, so they've made it twice a month instead. Jacob has been diagnosed with behavioural disorders from being in and out of foster care. He finds it difficult to trust anybody. Every day when Mandy picks him up from nursery, he shouts, you really came. Ella gets annoyed that he calls her mummy. But she's the one who comforts him at night, cuddles him when he falls, and teaches him the alphabet. If she hadn't fought his corner, nobody would have. Mandy will never know what happened to Jacob that night. Only Edda knows, but she's a lost cause. She tells people I took her baby because she was broody. Mandy says she never asked for this life. Being a mom again is exhausting, but as she's tucking Jacob in every night, she knows he's safe, and that's all she cares about.
0: Oh, what and a sad it. story. I know. I, it is, is really sad. It is. It's really, really difficult being a mother. But in those situations, mm. my heart goes out to the child because he's the innocent yeah, just caught exactly. in the middle. He he doesn't have any control no. over It's so
1: it. sad that he says that a nursery every day. I just oh, think was oh, only three years old. Bless him.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, they do a lot sink into toddlers. You yeah, know. definitely. They, they, they realise things without you sort yeah. of noticing. So, yeah, that is good. At least, you know. Yeah, at, at least he's pretty, safe. It's safe and... And and, yeah, happy ending there for him. Well, Donna, thank you so much for taking us through those stories from the current edition of Take a Break magazine.